Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 104 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Dave Thomas. Dave is a computer programmer and was an original signatory and author of the Manifesto for Agile Software Development. He has also co-authored several books, including The Pragmatic Programmer, and was a co-founder of The Pragmatic Bookshelf. So Dave, can I ask you to expand on that brief introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, actually, I think a a little bit more is possibly a little bit less in that fundamentally, I'm a programmer. I've been programming for the last 45 years, I guess. And I think it's a rare day of my life when I don't write code. Some of the other stuff is either hobby or how I make my living. But uh, fundamentally, what I enjoy doing is, is writing code. Okay, and and do you do you manage to do anything beyond that? Well, like I say, I have to make a living, and I've been lucky enough, basically, to have worked for myself or in that kind of capacity since 1985, I think. So uh, you can't always uh, find a programming job, and uh, so, for example, you said I was in the book publishing business, and I was for a while, and part of the reason for that is that my um, business partner, Andy Hunt, and I, we were doing consulting and ran about the year 2001 or two. Fundamentally, the bottom dropped out of that market when things crashed. And uh, we've been mulling around the idea of writing books. We wrote The Pragmatic Programmer at the end of the uh, 98, 97, something like that. So we we were thinking about doing more books. And it occurred to us that that may be counter-cyclical. So we we made the fatal mistake, right? The one mistake everybody makes, which is how hard could that be? Um, <laughs> yeah. And we, uh, <laughs> so we launched off into publishing and rapidly discovered, yes, it actually isn't quite as easy as it looks on the outside. But at the same time, I think that was probably a benefit to us because we didn't know how things were done. And so we just did it our own way. And I think that let us be way more flexible than the people who first started publishing like 150 years ago with steam-driven presses. So we we actually had a blast doing that. Again, though, I spent a lot of my time writing the various bits of infrastructure that we needed, our production system and our online system and this kind of stuff. You just can't keep me away from the code. Are you still involved in the pragmatic? Not directly. I retired. I'm still an owner of it, and I still take an interest in it. But on a day-to-day basis, I stepped back about, ooh, 18 months ago, just because, frankly, I was having other things that I was wanting to investigate, and I just didn't get the time when I was working full-time there. So um, with Andy's agreement, I kind of stepped back, and uh, basically I've been almost like a Victorian gentleman scientist for the last two years, uh, just exploring stuff on my own. Actually, I've got to tell you, it's a mixed blessing because when you're in that environment, it's kind of like someone pops the cork out of the bottle and you're suddenly faced with all of this opportunity to do things. And I found having the discipline to focus on one thing at a time was really, really hard. 
And so I probably spent at least a year just spinning my wheels, shuffling from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, until I worked out what was going on and managed to get focused back on you know the things I wanted to do. But uh, it's been a very interesting couple of years. Dave, can you maybe share a unique career tip that the IT Career Energizer audience should know and possibly don't? I don't know if this is one that people don't know, but it's really just common sense. We live in or we work in, I would guess it's probably the fastest changing industry that's ever existed. And that pace of change makes it really very important to try to keep up. Now, no one is going to be able to keep up with everything, but part of the uh, skill of being a developer, I think, is to look at what's bubbling in the future and pick one or two areas that are likely to make it and spend a bit of time learning, researching, and getting familiar with the tool or technique or whatever it is that, that the people are doing. Now, a lot of people say, but my employer doesn't give me that time or my employer doesn't pay for books or something like that. That's not your employer's job because your employer is not going to be there when you're retiring, basically, and you have to have some money in the bank. It's your job. It's your career. And so I would say probably the most important tip is to invest in yourself, to keep yourself current, spend some time, spend a little bit of money on a personal level, just to make sure that you are still relevant. Because the alternative is, well, fundamentally is to slowly decline along with whatever technology you happen to be very, very good at at the moment. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Very much that it's down to you. It's your career. You need to look after it. Um, and yes, investing in yourself is absolutely essential. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Yeah. So can you possibly tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? That's really tough because I have had a lot of bad moments, but many of them have turned into good moments. And so it's kind of like hard to sit there and say, well, this was really, really bad. It just like felt it at the time. And I think that's to some extent what I've learned from the experiences. So rather than saying, there is one bad moment, you know, the time that I set fire to the toaster. The biggest thing I've learned throughout is that one of the problems of working in such a malleable form of creation is that it's very, very easy to mess things up. And one of the benefits is that as long as you have some discipline, it's also very easy to unmess it. And so I guess the biggest thing I've learned is even when it is totally and absolutely bleak and dire. Tomorrow is a new day, and the chances are very good. It's not going to look quite so bad in the morning. And I mean, that's not exactly you know a fun war story, but I honestly think it's an important thing to learn that if you break it, you can fix it. Yeah, that's very true. So moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your IT career highlight or greatest success? There's been a number, but the reason I got into IT in the very first place was that I am miserable when it comes to things like painting or playing an instrument or anything else. But I think like most people, I have a need to express myself. And I found an outlet for that with software. And so the highlights of 
my career are when I find my software expressing me. And I, I remember one time in the UK, you're probably too young to remember Prestel, um, but there was a um, online system put out by uh, the British Telecom, which was a kind of dial-up information service. And it would run on a box that you plug into your television. It was 40 characters wide by 24 characters high, and it ran at 1,200 board. And it had uppercase characters only and a little bit of block graphics. And it was, for a while, surprisingly big. It really caught on. And so one of the projects that I had, the company I was working with at that time, did a lot of work in the travel industry. And uh, we wrote a front end to the airline reservation systems so that a travel agent could use the Prestel system to find availability and book people onto flights. And we worked on that. It was a pretty big project. We worked on that for a while. And I just remember once I was walking down a high street in, I can't even remember the town now. It might have been Kingston or somewhere like that. And I walked past the travel agents, and there on the desk of the person sitting by the window was my software running. And to me, I don't know why, but just seeing that kind of like brought home the fact that, yeah, I do actually make a difference. And, you know, what I'm doing actually does express itself. That is a big benefit, I think, of, of seeing what you produce actually in action. It, it's definitely self-fulfilling in some ways. I'll tell you something. Every single – okay, so when I was running the bookshelf, uh, when we first started back in 2001 or two, paper books were still the default. Everybody was looking for paper. And so whenever we published a new book, and this was a ritual I had – and that just interesting to discover that Andy had it independently. We actually got a cooperative. Is whenever we publish a new book, we'd wander down to a local bookstore to see it on the shelves. And it's a big, big difference between, you know, you spend whatever, however many months it is getting something together and doing all the typesetting and the layout and the whatever. And then it actually, you send off a file, which is a very abstract thing to do. And then a, a month later, you can walk into a local bookstore and there it is physically on the shelves. And that is almost like magic because you, you're sitting there working with bits and you are you know, literally just like crafting bites into words, into sentences. And then miraculously, it actually comes out as a physical object. And I think that's the same kind of gratification, the reification, if you like, of all this abstract work into something that people can hold and use. So Dave, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? Well, I think careers in IT, the reality is that, and this is going to sound like remarkably crass, but we are shaping the world. Almost nothing happens now that doesn't involve somebody somewhere with a computer. And we can do fantastically great things with that. We can do fantastically awful things with that. What excites me is the great things. I found myself last night, I mean, this is going to sound really ridiculous, but okay, so when I was a kid, I read through, I think, literally every single science fiction book in our local library. You know, I loved books about the future, and, you know, I, I still regret that I don't have a flying car. 
But (laughs) I do have a lot of things that, you know, I read about that I didn't think I'd have. I mean, I found myself yesterday actually having like a four sentence conversation with Google Assistant that actually made sense. I asked it what the weather would be and it told me. So I said, how about tomorrow? And it told me. So I said, but what's the chance of rain? And, you know, and we're sitting there and we were having a conversation back and forth where it was understanding what I was asking for. It was really quite magical. And as time goes on and as as writing that kind of complex software becomes, I'm not going to say easier, but at least more accessible, we will have the opportunity of changing people's lives dramatically. And we'll move away from coding being something that you do to make something work on a terminal or on a browser. And instead, we will become part of the fabric. We'll be a kind of ambient background to people's lives. And that is a phenomenal responsibility, but it's also incredibly empowering. I think that's the most exciting thing is to look forward to a future where we can really genuinely make the world better. I know that sounds very grandiose, but I think it's true that we can do that if we just keep focus. So Dave, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? (laughs) There's an assumption behind that, but we'll try. (laughs) Yes. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? So I was in school in England, which means that we were doing... um, A-levels, I was 17, I guess. And so A-levels are a set of like university entrancey type exams that you do uh, for those who aren't in the UK. And you normally take them in a bunch at the end of your senior year at school. But in my school, we were allowed to take some a year early, which I did. And that meant at the end of the year before my senior year, I had nothing to do. And the school were not prepared to let me go and play So instead, they organized for me to go across the road and be a guinea pig in, I think it was the first ever A-level class in programming in computer science. So this was in a local technical college. Uh, So I went across there, and we were coding in BASIC on a teletype with a paper tape punch, just to give you an idea of the context. And I fell in love. I was going to go do math, or maths, I suppose. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I, I, it's really funny. I got this problem now living in the states. Is that I keep forgetting which word is which, you know? So I got to keep like when I'm speaking to someone with uh, an English accent, I'm consciously aware of the fact I'm using Americanisms rather than English. It's it's bad anyway. <laughs> so I was going to do math, and uh, I just totally changed. I came back that day and said to my parents, "Ah, change a plan. You know, I'm going to go do um, software instead." And so it just took off from there. It's it's really strange. It just for me, it just it made sense, you know. And I've enjoyed it ever since. So, what is the best career advice you've ever received? Okay, so I was in my very first job. I worked for what nowadays would be called a startup, but back then was called a sweatshop. It was a, like three directors and me, basically, and we were coding. And one day we got a contract from a pretty serious UK company. And one of their products was a COBOL compiler, believe it or not. And our job was to port it to, uh, I think it was the PDP range of computers. And we were in a meeting and the technical people in this company were fantastic. The managing director was just a little bit of a, you know, 
he didn't really know what he was talking about technically, but he wanted to like, you know, put his thumb on everything. And at some point in this meeting, you know, I said to him, no, you're wrong. That's not right. You know, blah, blah, blah. And there was this big silence in the room. And then my boss kind of like stepped in and, and sorted it all out. And then afterwards, you know, I said to him, oh, I'm real sorry. I didn't, you know, he said, no, you did exactly the right thing. You just did it in the wrong way. And that stayed with me for a long time, that we have a duty to not just like say yes all the time, but to be effective, we actually have to find ways of, of saying no without putting people's backs up. Yes, absolutely. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? So it depends. I have never been one to go like into the hot faddish kind of topics, you know. So, I mean, like the cool stuff to do at the moment would be kind of machine learning or something like that. I think I would probably not go to college, uh, not go to university because I am uh, less and less convinced that universities nowadays are a good preparation for the industry. So I would look for a company that ran a decent apprenticeship scheme and joined that. And I would spend five to 10 years just flitting around all sorts of different areas to see what I enjoyed to see what was developing, but also to get some background because so many of these things cross-pollinate you know, from one area to the other. And then at the end of that, I would look to see where I, basically what was the most fun for me, and then start to build a reputation in that area. That makes sense, yes. I mean, I think one of the things that people do, and I think the, the, the current education system kind of forces it on people, is to say, what are, you know, it's like the first question people ask when they meet you at a party or something, what do you do, right? And that's, that's rubbish. That's not a good question, right? What do you enjoy? That's a good question. But you're not defined by what you do. And you're not defined by the job you take. Taking a job, particularly in IT, when it changes so fast, is not a lifetime commitment. When you're first starting out, when you're literally your first, second, third job, it's probably an 18-month commitment and nobody's expecting anything else. So why not take advantage of that and give yourself as much experience in different areas, different industries, different roles as you can? Because really only by doing them can you actually find out what you enjoy. And this is one of those industries where it's really quite important to enjoy what you're doing. You don't find very many really disgruntled, but very, very good programmers. It just takes too much of your emotional energy to code, to do it when you're not enjoying yourself. Yeah. So Dave, what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Oh, changing the world, basically. Same as always. So I've got two kind of focuses now, foci. One is helping people get better. I'm kind of like getting close to an official retirement age, uh, not actually stopping, but I mean, you know, I'm getting on in terms of years. And so what I want to do is to try and find ways to encapsulate some of the things that I've I've learned and pass them on. So I'm doing teaching. I've got courses that I'm developing and all this kind of stuff. So that's definitely one area of a lot of interest. I'm on the board of a company that teaches 
uh, genuine uh, software development skills to, what is it, about eight to 14-year-olds. And I think that's really important too, because I think some kind of literacy in software is as important as literacy in you know any foreign language. And uh, I think kids definitely need to have confidence in that. Simply otherwise, they're just going to get more conned by people that say, oh, we got to do it that way. The computer says, you know, right. Um, so that's one aspect. And then the other aspect right now in terms of an objective is I am despairing of the current complexity of software de- uh, development. It doesn't have to be as complex as people are making it. So another objective I've got is I'm just at the start of trying to come up with a encapsulation, I guess, of an easier way to write software. I mean, that sounds very grandiose. It's not, it's just, it's, it's like pragmatic programmer. It's just common sense. But what do they say? The thing about common sense is it's not that common. <laughs> yes. You know, there's a lot of stuff that people, they know, but they just forget or they forget to apply, you know? And so I'm trying to work out how to express that in such a way that it sticks. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I really enjoy learning stuff. And, okay, so this is, yeah, technically you learn software and everything else, but I also enjoy learning about industries and other people's jobs and what they do and everything else. One of the really nice things about working in a consultancy is that every three or four months, you switch jobs and you go and learn a new set of problems and typically a new industry. And so you get to dip your toes into all sorts of things. So I've worked on space shots. You know, I've worked on travel agent systems. I've worked on things for disabilities. I've worked all across the board, financial services, you name it. And every chance I get, I get to sit there and talk to the people actually doing the work and learning their jargon and their problems and how they work. And for me, that's just absolutely fascinating. I'm like a sponge for that kind of stuff. But I think it's also helped me a lot because that is the kind of interest that means that when you write software, you're going to write stuff that actually solves the real problem as opposed to meets the spec. So I think that kind of curiosity has turned out to be a really big benefit. Dave, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? Okay. Now, this is contentious. And a lot of people say that this is just a job and you do it and you go home and then you do whatever it is that you enjoy. But my biggest piece of advice, and it's what I put at the end of every single one of my talks, and it's how I sign every single book that people are stupid enough to ask me to sign, is I say, remember to make it fun. I think that what we're doing is one of the most exciting things that people have ever done. We, in Fred Book's word, we're creating something from nothing. And that is an incredible privilege. And it is a really amazing capability. So if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, then find something else and make it fun because it should be. It should be really, I mean, yeah, there'll be bad days and bad months, but in general, you should look forward to going into your job because what you're doing 
is really cool and really satisfying to you. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Probably just visiting pragdave.me, P-R-A-G-D-A-V-E dot me. The Prag is for pragmatic. Dave, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. With you too, Phil. I mean, it's been uh, it's been nice to just remind myself on how far my English has strayed from the uh, from the mother tongue. <laughs> A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice, and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer community group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions, and thoughts on the future of the industry. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.